Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. And so the bottom line is I'm in bed. I'm saying to myself, you know what? I'm not me. Like this is BS. I'm going to call my own BS right now because I'm very quick to call everybody else's. I'm going to call my own BS right now. I'm hiding behind smoke and mirrors because I've got this. Welcome to episode 306 of the Smart Passive Income podcast. That was Chris Ducker, one of my best friends, being very real about a time when he realized that he wasn't being fully himself. And he runs a brand now called Upreneur at Upreneur.com and also an amazing conference, the Upreneur Summit in London and other parts of Europe, perhaps in the future. And uh, today we have a chat. It's not his first time on the show, but we definitely we definitely go pretty deep. So make sure you stick around. We're going to play the intro music to SPI and then a little bit more info about what you're going to get. And then we'll get right to the interview. All right, play the, play the real music. Here we go. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he's still waiting for that meeting with Elon Musk to happen. One day, Pat Flynn. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. This is session number 306, and my name is Pat Flynn. If you hadn't heard of me ever before, I'm here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people in the process. And this is a great episode of the podcast. If you haven't yet subscribed, please do that. Now, you heard a little bit from Chris there. I hope you didn't meditate while we uh, were playing that intro there for you. I almost did while editing it. But I wanted the intro to really reflect uh, an important moment of this podcast episode where Chris tells us a story about how he was hospitalized as a result of actually burning out from working too hard and things he did in order to uh, sort of remove himself from that kind of work. And then that evolved into what is now known as Upreneur. Upreneur.com is Chris's website, and he has a summit in London called the Upreneur Summit, and he's just doing massive things to help change the world and help make other people uh, have a more successful life and lead a business of their own too. So I'm excited to bring him on because he and I have been friends for, gosh, I would say eight years now, and since meeting him, I've gotten to know him and his family very well, and he knows my family too, and and we've just grown to be very, very close. He's been on the show before, but we haven't really gotten this deep, and I'm really excited because a lot of people don't know or or may not be familiar with this sort of side of Chris, but um, in addition to that, we also talk a lot of things about you know understanding your best version of you and how to portray that to the world so that they can discover you and You know, you can hire people or you can coach people or you can get people to trust you and buy your products and and all those kinds of things. And then we begin to also talk about legacy. So what happens with your online business after you go? And what do you do with that? And how do you still leave a mark in this world when you are uh, no longer here? Again, I said we get deep. This is really important stuff that we need to think about. I mean, online business hasn't really been around for a terribly long time. So it's important to have these kinds of discussions, not only so we can make the business we have now the best it can be, but so we can continue to make an impact uh, for the long run, even after we're gone. So here he is, Chris Ducker from chrisducker.com and youpreneur.com, and also author of the brand new book, Rise of the Youpreneur, which you you can also get on Amazon uh, right now too. You can get the show notes where you can get all the links, but hey, let's listen to Chris. We'll bring him on and we'll have a lot of fun. Here we go. What up, Chris? Welcome back again to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. And I say again, like, I don't know, what is it, the 
80th time that you've been on the show? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> Five or six times. I don't know. Some of you are going to be like, this guy again, but I know a lot of you are like, yes, this guy again, because Chris always brings some good stuff, and I don't bring him on just because he's my bro, but I bring him on because he, he always has some amazing things going on, and we're going to talk a lot about what he's doing related to you, and I mean that in many different facets. You'll hear more about that in a minute, but I wanted to paint a picture for everybody in terms of this journey that you've had, Chris, since really the beginning. I mean, I, I met you back in 2010 at a Blog World Expo in Vegas. That, that conference isn't even around anymore. And um, then you were just kind of getting started online, but you were really big into actually your own call center in the Philippines, right? You had your own, uh, you had your own space with I don't know how many workers did you have there at the time? I think at that point, and we were talking when we first, when you and I first started conversing, it was I'm going to say around the time Keone was born, which had been what late 2009. Mm-hmm. So that was when we first started chatting. At that point. Um, we were probably at around about 130 or 140 employees at, at the call center. Uh, you fast forward now, today we're at 450 plus. Right, you still have this. However, the interesting thing yes. that you've done since then, and I've gotten to follow along in the journey, is that you've started to not break away, because obviously you just said that that business is growing, but you've created something of your own. I remember when you had a virtual business lifestyle dot com and that that podcast way back in the day and then that that uh, turned into later uh chris dot com and then now you have youpreneur dot com where you're helping people follow the same journey as you which is like hey let's build a business that's about you because like you always say and you're the one that taught me this nobody's like you and so mm. you might as well use that to your advantage but you know back in 2009 i also remember that you you told me this story before we met that you had gone through a, an incredible burnout I mean, is yes. there is there some correlation between this burnout that you experienced in 2009 and then your sudden start to build something that is your own that perhaps wasn't call center related that was more about you? I don't think it was, you know, I didn't sort of, I didn't mean for a lot of what's happened over the years to happen, but I mean, that's life. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, when I burnt out, a two, you know, late 2009, I had to spend about 10 or 12 days in the hospital. I was on fluids. I was on antidepressants. Um, I was diagnosed basically with acute exhaustion. I um, lost a whole bunch of weight and all the rest of it from working 15, 16 hour days for about three years in a row hmm. building my business. So was I successful? Yes, I was. Was I making lots of money? Yep, sure thing. But my health and my mental state was pretty bad. I mean, I was kind of all over the place. Um, So, you know, 2010 was all about getting over that burnout and then going ahead and doing what I needed to do and put in place what needed to be in place for me to ultimately remove myself from that business and and actually try and get some work-life balance going on. And that's when I started blogging. You know, I, I'm, I'm now this this month, uh, I'm celebrating eight years of blogging, soon to be eight years of podcasting because nice. I started my podcast just like four months after I started blogging. It was kind of crazy. We're old in this space. <laughs> Yeah, we are. Some of us have got more hair than others, but yeah, there you go. that's me. <laughs> but, I mean, look, the, the bottom line is um, that was the year, 2010, when I started blogging, I started podcasting, I started building the following and the subscriber base and the email list and all that sort of stuff. And all I was really doing was just talking about how I was going to remove myself from the business as much as possible and avoid burning out ever again. And by the end of 2010, I'd hired a bunch of people. We'd grown the business, probably doubled it in terms of employee size, uh, maybe an extra 50% or so in revenue. But I had gone from doing those six days a week, 15, 16 hours a day to cutting it right back to five days a week for maybe eight or nine hours a day. So I was in a much, much better place going into 2011 than I was going into 2010. And at what point did you make the decision that you were going to put as much of you and your personality, which if anybody knows you, Chris, I mean, they know like it's very easy to find you, right? Because you are everywhere, but you also have this personality that's very magnetic and also um, it's very unique. I mean, you, you, you have this way about you of just being yourself. And I think people gravitate toward that. Um, right. and, and when did you decide to do that? Because that's that's very different than, you know, running a call center, you know, starting a blog, even when you're starting to do that. It's still I remember when I first started blogging, I didn't make the decision to put fully myself into it 
until much, much later after I started. When was that moment for you? It was when I was in hospital again. <laughs> again? What, what is it you with went, me went, in hospital? Yeah. You went well, back. You know, mid, yeah, mid-2012, I decided to go back, pun intended, into hospital uh, because um, little did I know as part of that burnout in late 2009 and sitting down for so many hours each day, I was actually crushing some of the discs in my lower back, in my vertebrae. And uh, long story short, um, Charlie, my, my little one, who affectionately calls you Uncle Pat, um, he, uh, he decided to fly at me like Superman on the sofa one day, landed on my back, and boom, that was that. He didn't cause the problem. He caused me to have my disc rupture. But the fact of the matter is that the disc was bulging out of the vertebrae so much already that it was literally just a matter of time. Like the doctor actually said I was probably weeks away from doing it, just literally brushing my teeth. It, it was, it was, mm-hmm. it was completely, it was going to happen. It was unavoidable. So in the hospital, tons of pain. Um, and, uh, Really, I was given two options. It was either, you know, 18 months to two years of hardcore physical therapy. But even with it being fixed, the disc would still be weak and it, and it, and it wouldn't have been, you know, it was always going to be in the back of my mind. Is it going to go? Is it going to go? Is it going to go? Or do the surgery, get it fixed, move on from it. Knowing full well that there was going to be a fairly good time in, in needed in terms of recovery. And so I had the surgery. And, you know, it was a six-hour lower spine, L, you know, L5-S1 spinal fusion. That was the exact term that I had or, or the exact procedure that I had. And um, I'm in hospital. I'm recovering. And I'm actually writing a blog post in my, ho- in, in my hospital bed uh, about the surgery and what it was starting to get me to think about. And the thing was this, man, and you know me better than probably anybody else in this online business game. And that is that, you know, I am what I am. You either like it or you lump it. You know, the term that I use all the time is I market like a magnet. I attract the best and repel the rest. Some people are going to like me and my vibe. Some people aren't. And that's okay. And I'm fine with that. And so the bottom line is I'm in bed and I'm saying to myself, you know what? I'm not me. Like this is BS. I'm going to call my own BS right now because I'm very quick to call everybody else's. I'm going to call my own BS right now. I'm hiding behind smoke and mirrors because I've got this big corporate company that's running. I'm blogging, I'm podcasting, but I'm not putting all of me and my personality in that blog and that podcast because I'm worried about what one of my corporate clients might think. Mm. Um, So that was it. That was kind of like the defining factor mid-2012. I'm going to relaunch Virtual Business Lifestyle. I'm going to call it chrisducker.com, and I'm going to focus 100% on building my personal brand. And we'll see how that affects, at that point, my two businesses, which was the Lift to Sell Group, which was the call center, and Virtual Starfinder. And by September that year, I had completely switched everything over, and chrisducker.com was launched. Uh, and uh, kind of, you know, that was where it all began in terms of the foray into you know personal brand entrepreneurship and how did it affect your business <laughs> it, everything went up <laughs> like, like what, I, I remember what went saying, up? yeah i remember saying man i should have done this like 18 months ago you know literally everything went up because i realized very very quickly after doing that and a couple of my corporate clients who had been listening to my show who might have been reading my blog from time to time coming about and saying to me wow, we didn't know that you went through burnout. We didn't know that you played basketball. We didn't know, you know, blah, 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 because I just started being me all the time. And I realized right there and then that, you know what? People are doing business with me now way before they do business with any of my companies. And that's huge. That is huge. That's massive, particularly if you're in a very crowded, noisy, competitive niche, uh, which I am, uh, which I was, which I still am. And so when that realization hit me, as you well know, summer of 2014, where I'm at your house, we finished the water balloon fight, which is now infamous. Yeah. Um, uh, my it, was Pat. it was just me and Pat. It was me and my, no. it was just, uh, he the kids clocked April in the face, point blank, 
with a red water balloon traveling at 8.5 miles per hour right on her <laughs> face. I have the whole image in my head, bro. Dude, uh, you you had it on video. Yeah, it's 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 somewhere, and we watch it every it's, year it's before you come it's over. A- um, no, we don't. But um, no, keep going. But that was where you know that was where the whole incubus of youpreneur began. I mean, that was that was the catalyst. That that weekend at your place was you know having the having the barbecue, doing the water balloon fight, making the coffee go into your office and i'll never forget you said to me what are you going to be doing in like 25 years from now that's not a question you hear very often like you hear a question like what are you going to be doing five years from now right like mm-hmm. that kind of question comes up quite regularly where do you want your business to be three years now or even 10 years but 25 years now we're now we're getting into the realms of legacy right now right and I didn't necessarily have like a perfect answer for you, but I do remember saying something to the effect of, you know, I want to work with people that are like me. Like I want to work with me. I want to work with people that are actually ready and willing to put themselves forward, to be center stage, to appreciate and understand the power of their personality and their experience and understanding what they can do when they wrap that all up in a little red bow and the sheer value that they can provide the people that they want to serve, they're the people that I want to work with. And we started brainstorming, right, on your whiteboard. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, who are those people? Those people are bloggers, podcasters, speakers, authors, coaches, consultants, YouTubers, anybody building a business around them, their personality, their experience, and the people that they wanted to serve. And that's been the rhetoric for Youpreneur ever since. And you've changed hundreds of lives. I know you have an amazing community and have uh, pulled off an amazing event just very recently in London, which I had the honor of uh, doing the closing keynote at, and it went off without a hitch. 300 and s- how many people? 370, I think, all in, something like people that. people in London learning in, in, a, in a way that isn't very common in Europe, which, is, which was no. a cool thing too. And of course, you're going to be in London more now, and you're going to be able to serve that audience. I think it's a, it's a beautiful move. Um, before we get into how others can be their own youpreneur, and then we'll, I'd love to talk about uh, your book and just, I, I want to know personally, like, how are you able to get it done so quickly and so well? It's so well done and you did it so fast. So we'll talk about that too. So stick around. But I want to go back to 2012 when you decided to put more of you into your, into your business and you switched from virtual business lifestyle to chrisducker.com. Now, this was more than just a domain name switch. This, what, yes. Can you describe exactly what those changes were so that a person who perhaps is in the same realm of, you know, maybe they're working somewhere else and they want to build a personal brand of their own, or maybe they have a business of their own and they're thinking of, well, is putting myself into this the right answer? What were those changes for you back then besides the domain name? Well, I mean, the first thing I understood about this, and this was actually one of the things that I, that really excited me about switching over to the personal domain name and and focusing on the brand, the personal brand, was I realized that I could ultimately talk about anything. You know what I mean? Like I could, like if you started talking about, I don't know, motocross on smart passive income, or if you started talking about, uh, you know, like if you did a fifteen a fifteen hundred word article on Star Wars or uh, on you know something totally irrelevant to your business and your niche, it would be weird. But when it's on a personal name domain name dot com, it's not so weird because I mean, yes, I have a focus of helping personal brand entrepreneurs at chrisducker.com, but there have been several times when I've created content where I've talked about a movie or, you know, when I've talked about a TV show or I've talked about something that's in current affairs. And so I realized very early on that actually this was cool because my varying interests and my varying pivots and changes as an entrepreneur, if people liked me, first and foremost, if they could relate to me, that they would stick around and they would watch what I was doing. And they have. And so 
the big changes were, first and foremost, Virtual Business Lifestyle was a very light, very bright brand. There was, uh, I, I believe, looking back, I, I think there was a palm tree in the logo initially because mm-hmm. uh, we were pulling on the little four-hour workweek deal when we first launched in 2010. It was real hot back then. Um, and then we kind of switched it up, and there was lots of yellows and reds and bright blues and things like that. So just from a visual element, we switched things up. And, uh, you know, I think the brief I gave my designer at the time was, you know, professional, but fun. And so, um, you know, he came up with this color scheme, which has changed a little bit over the last, you know, six years, but not much. Um, And that was to basically kind of stick with a dark gray blue color with orange uh, being the action color of the website. So for buttons and links and things like that. And I've had the same logo ever since. I think we we updated the orange color a little bit. We made it a tad brighter a few years ago. But other than that, it's basically remained the same. So it was that kind of visual change. It was also the rhetoric that I used as well. Whereas with Virtual Business Lifestyle, it was always about building a team, delegation, virtual assistance, outsourcing, automation, that sort of type of thing. Whereas with ChrisDucker.com, you know, I, I initially started just talking about online entrepreneurship and what it meant to have the freedom to be able to build a business online and what it meant to me as an entrepreneur, but also as a father and a husband and, you know, growth and all that kind of stuff. Because I think I came at it with quite an interesting angle for my demographic, which has always been a little older. As you saw at Upreneur Summit, you look around in that, in that audience, you know, the average age of somebody that comes to my event, I would say is probably mid-30s and upwards. Mm-hmm. It's not the younger generation. Now, that's not to say that I haven't met a lot of people that are younger than 35 that I know I've helped. I have, but that's my demographic. And so I think they could relate with what I was talking about in regards to, hey, I'm, not, I'm an ex-corporate guy. Like I'm a brick and mortar guy. And now I'm using the Twitter. You know what I mean? Like this is kind of fun. <laughs> and so they kind of wanted to follow along with that a little bit. And I think, you know, people kind of, they just appreciated the real talk. That was the big thing, man. I switched my, my, my verbal communication to talk in the exact same way um, than I do in real life. Whereas before I was, you know, yeah, I was like really kind of, maybe. yeah, I mean, not necessarily, I mean, a filter, yes, but not because of swear words or anything like that, but a filter because I guess I wanted to be like, to be seen like super professional uh, and, and all the rest of it. And I didn't really need to do it. I didn't need to do it. And so there that perhaps was the any sort of, um, the idea of wanting to please everybody. Absolutely, like that. Yes, without a doubt, without a doubt. I didn't. I, I you know, I remember when we first launched uh, Virtual Business Lifestyle. I kept saying, like, you know, everybody that comes to the website, I must get them to subscribe. Everyone, you only get one opportunity, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, I mean, we did well. I think by the end of year one, we had about six thousand people or something on our mailing list, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little harder to do that nowadays, but back in two thousand ten, it, it was a little easier. But no, I mean, I, I now. You come to my website now, you will either immediately be attracted to me and my vibe and what I stand for, or you won't. I don't think there's going to be anything in the middle. Like you'll get it or you won't. And if you don't, that's okay. Adieu, adieu, and good luck finding what you need somewhere else. You know, that's not me being, you know, you know, an egomaniac or anything. I just, all I know now is that I'm very, very happy attracting and working with the people that really truly get my vibe and if they don't that's cool they'll get it somewhere else they'll, they'll find what they need somewhere else right and that's obviously all of our competitive advantage is coming Absolutely. from who we are yep and i think we have to a be okay with the fact that there are going to be people who don't like us or don't just jive with our style and they aren't the people who are meant to be served by us and so I'd love to shift this conversation from kind of your origin story and how you switched to becoming more of you online to how the listeners can do the same. Whether they have a personal brand or are thinking about starting a personal brand or even if they don't have a personal brand, there's still ways to inject personality and, and you-ness into your stuff. So what would you say is the first thing that people need to know in terms of building a, a youpreneur type of business um, where really you are uh, somewhat central to, to the focus? 
the first thing that they need to know is that they need to inject as much of them as possible from the outset. Like looking back, I wish I'd have done that from day one. Um, it took me a couple of years to figure it out. But the fact is that you are 100% unique. Um, people like you, Pat, because, I mean, look, there are a lot of bloggers and podcasters out there that are serving incredible communities um, and doing a great job in helping them build businesses and followings and things like that. But people like your vibe because you talk about stuff like Back to the Future. And, you know, when you hit your error page on your website, it's like, hey, my flux capacitor is is on the <laughs> – is is on, on the, the is on the flux is on the flux right now is on the fritz right now hit this for a little bit of fun you know and you you know you share you share the fact that you're a proud San Diegan and you you share the fact that you're a proud dad and you share these these facets of your life that people can completely and utterly connect themselves with and that's huge like no one can do that like you because you are the master of your own domain. So the first step is really to is, is to be as unique as you can and show that uniqueness in everything that you do. Well, let me play devil's advocate a bit. A person might be listening to this and say, well, I don't really care that Pat likes Back to the Future. I don't even like Back to the Future. And, you know, um, I, I, like, I'm not a dad, so I can't really relate to that. So am I sabotaging myself by not addressing or addressing maybe too specifically who I am in that way? No, I don't think you are because I mean, like, even if they might not, even if they might not appreciate the fact that you're a Back to the Future fan or that you're a dotting dad or anything like that, the fact is that peppered, peppered in between all those other little personal elements of what you do, and you'll see the best influencers do this. They do what they really should do day in day out, and that's provide massive amounts of value. And you do that every single day across your entire platform and all those little additional platforms like Facebook and Twitter and Insta and all those other things as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what you're doing is you are building a business based around you, but not solely reliant on you. And that's huge. Uh, you know, particularly the last few years, you've spent a lot of time, energy, money, and effort building your team. And that just shows that, you know, and, and you've seen it yourself. You can now help so many more people because you can spend so much more time creating these courses and additional resources and books and tr training and coaching and all the rest of it. You couldn't do that if you were doing everything. So you've become a very uniquely aware of what you're good at, and what you're not so good at and what you're not so great at you've brought people people on board to help you out so that you can provide that value every single day so how can one best combine this idea of providing a ton of great value uh with injecting their personality into it is it like like is it like do you plan it out or how do you actually approach that well, I mean, obviously, you have to plan it out in some way, shape or form. I mean, you know, when we talk about providing value online, it's all about online content, right? So this is something your audience hears about all the time. Blogging, podcasting, YouTube videos, going live on Instagram and Facebook and, you know, that sort of type of thing. So you've got to plan it out. Although, obviously, once you've been up and running for a little while, you can get onto, you know, Facebook Live or Periscope or, you know, Instagram Stories Live or whatever. And you can riff and ad lib a little bit as you, I, and a lot of other people do. But I think, you know, what it really comes down to is when you first start creating content for the people that you want to serve, you start putting together the content that you think that they're going to want a need from you. But after a certain period of time and, and, you know, attracting a certain amount of people, they will then start coming back to you to tell you what they really want to hear from you or need to hear from you. And that's when that power of community comes into place because it goes from you creating what you think they need and want to know to go ahead and actually creating content that you know for a fact they need and want based on what they've told you. And that's where the real magic starts to happen. Yeah, I think a lot of people can do a better job, including myself, of listening to their audience. What are some ways that you know work best for listening to your community? I mean, it helps that you have a forum, obviously, with Upreneur, where you get to see the threads popping up and such. But do you mm -hmm. have any tips for mm -hmm. those of us who don't have those kinds of communities to understand exactly what our audience needs? Yeah, I mean, you know, whether it be the blog 
comment section, whether it be your, you know, your Twitter or your Facebook group or your Facebook page, whatever the case may be, people are going to be reaching out to you. You know, there's not a day goes by, I'm sure for you, because there isn't one for me. And you've got a bigger following than I do online is, you know, I, I get tweets. I get Facebook messages. I get Instagram direct messages every single day, emails every day. And so what hap- what we do as a team is we basically go ahead and, and we kind of almost collate. Do we reply to them? Yes, we do. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's my team. Uh, I will say on Twitter, always me. That's the, actually Twitter and Instagram are the two platforms that when you get a reply to a message that you've sent, it's always from me directly. Everything else, my team handles to a certain degree, unless I need to come in and and get involved with it, which is very rare nowadays. But I mean, so we collate these questions and comments and pieces of feedback in an online uh, spreadsheet, which then we go back and we review on a regular basis. So for example, if we've noticed that within the space of a couple of months, we've had four or five people reply to maybe an image or a video that we posted, say, for example, on entrepreneurial burnout, we know that that's striking a chord with the audience. And I'll then start planning content based around that, um, and so on and so on. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can reply to those sort of types of things. But my favorite way is either verbally or via video nowadays. So I might send a quick audio message via Facebook Messenger, or I might send a quick video via Instagram direct message. And people are surprised. They're surprised. If they text you a message or a piece of feedback and you drop an audio or video comment to them, they genuinely, a lot of the time, are quite surprised, quite shocked by it. And it's great. I mean, that builds up P2P or people-to-people relationships way faster than just replying with a, a couple of emojis, you know? Yeah, for sure. I love that. Now, in addition to understanding what it is about ourselves kind of personal-wise, you know, things that we enjoy, our hobbies, those kinds of things. I've always been a big fan of incorporating that, obviously, into my work. Those little things, even though people might not do those things or like the same things, they just know that that's about me. I mean, when you think about likely your spouse or your best friends, it would be weird if they were exactly the same as you, right? So it's okay that they're a little different, but that is part of who they are. So that's why it's okay for you to share these things, even though others aren't necessarily uh, going to to do or follow the same things. But when it comes to the things about yourself that can actually provide value, that relate to what it is that you're teaching them, um, you know, essentially uh, your your superpowers or uh, as I like to call it, like your unfair advantages, do you have any tips or exercises for people to help them be aware of what those things might be? Because it's not an easy thing to know about, what it is about you is some people don't want to get too cocky about it or they just have no idea, but how do you help a person understand what those things are? Because those for me, and I want to know if you agree with this, um, are, are, are some of the most important things to know that are going to help you stand out and create that unique selling proposition. Totally, totally agree with you hundred percent. So, I mean, at the end of the day, this really is about you becoming you for the people that you're trying to attract, like really showing them as much of you as possible. So it's things like your experience, your stories, your personality, the things that you can help people with. And I mean, we actually have a, in in, in the book, we have a, an exercise which we call the Youpreneur Self-Awareness Test. And it's a very simple test that you can do. You just get a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle. And on the left-hand side, you, you you create what I call the flatter yourself list. So these are all the things that you're really, really good at. And then on the right-hand side, you put what I call the let's be real list. And, and that's, you know, it's tough for entrepreneurs because we like to think we're great at everything, but we're really not. And so, you know, I, I did this test myself as part of writing Rise of the Youpreneur, so I could actually include my own results to that. Um, inside the book itself. So, I mean, things like, and I'm just literally, as we talk, I'm just, I'm literally panning over to page 20, which is what it's on right now. So it's here on the left-hand side, my flatter yourself list is, I'm a strong leader. I'm a compelling communicator. I'm a high achiever. I've got high competitive drive and I can work independently. My let's be real column is, it says that I'm a micromanager at times. I'm a perfectionist. I'm impatient. I'm tech incompetent and i'm easily unimpressed (laughs) which i think was i mean that was being real right there right and so when i look at all those things i mean that in itself do more of what i'm good at and avoid all the rest of the stuff and just be real with yourself and i I think that that self-awareness is 
it's it's important that we do this test not just like when we want to begin thinking about you know focusing on our personal brand and what it's all about but but also doing it on a very regular basis as well as as time goes by because it might change for sure i mean it will change yes it'll absolutely change now part of also um, the, the, the unis of this is knowing that you shouldn't do everything on your own, right? And that's something that I've learned uh, from you. And although it took you years to finally convince me to finally build my own team, it was one of the best things that I ever, yeah. that I, I ever done. So um, what do you say to the, 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 the youpreneur out there, that entrepreneur who's getting started and they want to do everything on their own because it is their business. It is their personality. There's no other person who can do those same things that is building a business of you. And therefore I have to put all of myself into it. How would you uh, basically talk to younger Pat <laughs> and everybody else out there who's struggling with the same thing? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think you'll probably recall some of the conversations that we had about this. And in fact, actually one particularly that I remember quite quite um vibrantly was i think we're i think it was either la or vegas but we were coming out of a hotel i think it was vegas we were coming out of the hotel and we were talking about how you were becoming extremely overwhelmed with your inbox um and bear in mind everybody listening in this was like two years before pat <laughs> fixed his inbox issues right but i mean i remember you saying and i got like nine thousand unread emails in my inbox and i couldn't fathom that i couldn't get my head around that nor could i get get it i mean not only could i not believe you had nine thousand, you know unread emails but i i couldn't figure out that somebody who was having as much success as you were already hadn't already sorted that out and so i think you know for you and for everyone else that is in that position i think well i've got to do it all I've got to reply to all these emails. I must manage my own inbox. It's me. They're reaching out to me. That's not the way to do it. You know, you, you've got to work on your business way more than you end up working in it. You have to if you want to grow the business, which in relation will then go ahead and grow your reach, your impact, the value you can provide, the people, the number of people that you can help, and so on and so on. So building my team was the big thing. That 2010, coming back from that, you know, to the burnout story, that 2010, I hired eight people in one year to fundamentally replace myself from my business day to day. What do you think happened by the end of 2010? Going into 2011, 12, 13, 14, we experienced a crap ton of growth due to the fact that I wasn't working in the business. I was working on it. And that was a big change. So that's that's what I've got to say about that, man, is, uh, you know, the impact that you're going to have is going to be much, much bigger if you're a lot wiser about the way that you're building a business. And where you spend your time. And this Absolutely. this is directly tied to what you taught in your first book, Virtual Freedom. Mm -hmm. And there's an exercise in there that you alluded to earlier, which is called the uh, Three Lists of Freedom exercise. Yep. And that one is one that I would recommend a lot of people do. It helps you understand, okay, well, what um, are the things that you really should be handing off that likely you are doing and perhaps even doing very well? And that was a big eye-opener for me. So thank you for that book. And speaking of books... I'm super stoked to know that your new book, Rise of the Youpreneur, just came out. I mean, by the time this recording comes out, on the day this recording comes out, it will have just launched yesterday. So congratulations yeah. uh, to, to you, Chris. I know how much this book Thank means you. to you. Um, but also, I know the impact that you are hoping it will make because of the content that's inside of it. Why don't you give like a one-minute rundown? I mean, we've discussed a lot of the components of it already, but give us a rundown of, of who this is for and why you wrote it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's for the person that feels like it's time for them to rise up, right? This is the whole point of, of the title of the book, you know, Rise of the Youpreneur. This is a call to action. It's a call to action to join a movement of people building a business based around their personal brand, a genuine, profitable business model that a lot of people didn't see coming, but it's very much here. And I think that five to 10 years from now, Everyone will have a personal brand, whether they like it or not. And now's the time to get involved with it and get, mm. you know, really get started on it properly. So what we've discovered inside of the Upana community, which is now going into its third year, 
we've discovered that people generally, when they come to us, they are normally in one of three sort of buckets, one or three sections of the growth of the business of you, right? Which is either number one, they're building it. So they got to, you know, they have to go back to basics a little bit. They got to define who they are, who they want to serve, who their perfect customer is. They've got to get serious about building their online home and kind of like setting up their social media and all that sort of type of stuff, right? So that's the first kind of uh, bucket of people. The second bucket of people is they're already in that marketing phase. Now, here's the really good thing about it. If you're already done building, please skip the, the first 80 pages of my new book. There's no need for you to read it, literally. Go straight into the marketing section, which you know I think is like 80-something odd pages in, and start really diving into what it means to truly spread your message, to really start being seen as an influencer and as an expert, and what you can do, the exact strategies you can, you can pick up and run with to build that that you know kind of influencer type role in what you're doing it's all about building and growing your business circle because we need that way more than we we really truly believe um you know when when we get into our marketing you know our real marketing of our business you can't do it all on your own you need friends you need colleagues like yourself and and other people that you and i call very very good friends now people we didn't know six, seven, eight, ten years ago. You know what I mean? So you got to we, we talk a lot about building a business circle and how relationships should be treasured and not used and that sort of type of thing. And then the third section is all about monetization. Um, and it's a really hardcore section as well. I mean, we go everything from figuring out what to sell. We talk about will it fly in that section as well and the importance of validating your ideas. We talk about building your own Youpreneur ecosystem where you have several different parts of your business all feeding into that kind of money bucket. And then we, we really really hardcore hit into pricing strategies and launch strategies. And we talk about, you know, the pre-launch and the bars and the launch and the post-launch and all that sort of stuff as well. And, you know, the power of a happy customer and really what that that can mean for your business, not just immediately, but also further down the line as well. I love that. Can you give us a an insight on those money buckets you were talking about? So the perfect youpreneur business or an example youpreneur type business uh, what would those money buckets look like? Like, what are the what are, what are the income generation models there? Sure. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, what are we doing here? We're building a business based on our brand, our personality, our experience, what we can help people with. So, exa- example, um, my my own personal ecosystem is in the book. I share it. And it's everything. It all begins with my blog. It begins with chrisducker.com and the free content that I publish on there with my podcast, with live video, with YouTube videos, with obviously written content, infographics and all that sort of stuff. But that's when kind of the freebie stuff sort of stops. Okay. This is a business. If I don't make money, I can't continue to help people with my free content as well. So we, we kind of like spider off in the graph um, to everything from live events such as one day masterminds and, you know, maybe smaller workshops or, you know, I have tropical think tank in the Philippines for four years in a row. We wrapped that up so we could focus now on the Upano Summit, which takes place every November in London. It's a much bigger deal, more impact, more people, more lives to change. And then there's everything from, you know, your info products and, you know, affiliate marketing and eBooks and webinars and your membership community and high level masterminds. I know you're, you're kicking off your accelerator soon. I launched my own, uh, um, roundtable mastermind at the end of last year is sold out in a matter of days. People want this stuff and they'd be happy to pay for access to you and your experience based on where they are in that Youpreneur ecosystem and their own personal journey. So it's just so many opportunities, but so many people are trapped in this whole kind of content hamster wheel of trying mm-hmm. to create content and attract eyeballs and get email subscribers and all the rest of it. Let me tell you, I'd rather have a hundred people on my email list, opening every single email that I send, clicking on every link and every email, buying every ebook, attending every event, ordering up every course, I'd rather have 100 hardcore fans like that than 10,000 people doing absolutely nothing. What impact am I having? So there's so many opportunities. And you'll find that one will lead to another, will lead to another, will lead to another. You know, 
I've, I've got I've got very lucrative one-on-one coaching opportunities out of speaking at other people's events. Uh, and likewise, I've got – I remember actually when I was in Australia in 2014 promoting virtual freedom, I happened to be in Sydney speaking at an event. I got an email from a guy in Melbourne saying to me, hey, we're a, you know, a family-run accounting company. I've just taken it over from my dad. We need to bring this company into the 21st century. If you're ever in Australia, let me know. I'd love to hire you for a day of consulting. I replied to the guy and I said, hey, I'm here right now. I'm in Sydney. If you want, I can fly over. I'll extend my trip. Do you know how much I charge for one day's of consulting? How much? $15,000. And he didn't even bat an eyelid. Should have charged twenty. <laughs> Should have charged more, you know? So, so many opportunities come out of the ecosystem. And understanding, obviously, you don't want to and nor do you necessarily need to uh, you know, chase down all of those opportunities, but when the right ones come your way, you should certainly explore them. Man, it really makes me think of all the YouTubers, especially because uh, you, you know I'm getting pretty big into YouTube right now and just exploring the yep. space. And I've been doing a lot of research on big YouTubers, and a lot of them have those millions of subscribers and millions of views on every video. Yet th- their their only income generation is through AdSense. They're leaving so much money on the table. It's not even funny. Well, not Seriously. only that. I mean, yes, absolutely. Especially because they likely have a very strong relationship with their with their raving fans who catch them every single day, for example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But beyond that, I feel like they are just waiting for doom when YouTube <laughs> yes. shuts their account down or something happens to the algorithm or, or, or whatever. And I know you spend a significant amount of time in the book talking about future proofing which is an amazing term that i'd love for you to expand on right now and give us some advice on how we as entrepreneurs no matter what level we're at no matter what kind of business we have how can we better future proof our brands for things like that yeah i mean look you know we're in we're in pretty unsettling times now right as as a world um and you know you can be as optimistic as you as as possible and i mean you're you're an extremely optimistic guy I am as well, but I I, th- I think I tend to I tend to kind of verbalize over my frustrations maybe a little bit more than you do. But you know we're in very unsettling times. There's a lot going on in the world. I mean I am a big fan of America. I've I've been to Amer- I've spent more time in America in the last 15 years than I have done in the UK. Imagine that, right? Mm-hmm. So when I'm over there and I can see a country that's horrifically divided. That upsets me, and I'm not even American. You know, when I go back to the UK and everybody's moaning about Brexit and the referendum that went down last year, I mean, you know, I'm not worried about change. Does it affect me a little bit? Yeah, it affects all of us a little bit, but I don't, I, I don't pay a whole lot of more of attention than my initial reaction to it, which sometimes I'm a little verbal about. But the fact of the matter is, Brexit is not going to interfere with my business because. I'm in control of my business. I don't have to worry about things like import, export taxes and all that sort of type of thing. I mean, Brexit might might and will affect a certain number of businesses, but we're talking about big brands and big companies that do a lot of, you know, international deals and all that sort of type of thing. When you build a business based around the youpreneur business model, where a lot of it is online, a lot of it is in person. Nothing's gonna, nothing's gonna stop me building youpreneur as a brand and as a company. Just like nothing's gonna stop smart passive income and a whole lot of other online businesses. So, I think when we use the term future proof, it's not. There's not necessarily like tactics that I can share to become future proof. I mean, we're doing it every day by just becoming somebody's favorite. You know what I mean, bro? Like every time someone comes to my website, to your website, to your listeners' websites, we have a split second to attract them to what we're all about or they're gone forever. But when they are attracted to us and they do consume our content and they do download our shows and watch us on YouTube and do all that sort of stuff, they're fans. We have become one of their favorites. And when you do that, you are slowly but surely future-proofing yourself because I know there are many, many people that are following me now, that are doing business with me now, that were also following and doing business with me six, seven years ago when I wasn't even talking about personal brand business. I was talking about virtual team building. So 
like I said, you know, right at the top of the show, growing this kind of business model allows you to pursue those varying interests that you have as a human being, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. And if you're doing it in the right way, you're future-proofing yourself by creating this community of followers and fans and subscribers and customers. And that in itself helps you become future-proof because they'll follow you. You know, As long as you continue to add value in their lives, they'll follow you no matter what you do. I mean, it goes back to that thousand true fans and you really don't need a ton of people to... No have you be their favorite to really support you in the kind of lifestyle that you want and, and to make a massive impact in their lives. I mean, it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, a thousand people is a lot of people. If you a had a thousand people. people in your living room, you wouldn't be able to breathe. You know what I mean? I mean, and that's why I, I believe that a hundred people is enough. I mean, look, let's get real for a minute. We all like making money. You've made tons of money in the, in the time I've known you. I've made tons of money in the time that you've known me. But how much do we really need? You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure that if you were providing lots of value to 100 to 150 people and you had a couple of good courses that you knew were going to be able to help them, you had a high-end mastermind that, you know, was going to take care of the top 5% of your active subscribers and customers, and you had another couple of bits and pieces that you were doing a little bit of affiliate marketing and maybe the odd live mastermind, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you'd live very comfortably on that. Oh, yeah. You'd live very comfortably. But there's a reason why I keep going. Which is what? Well, partly that's just my personality. I don't ever stop. But (laughs) That's true. You don't. (laughs) But the the other part of it is legacy. Of course. For my kids. And that's that's the reason why all of us don't stop. Because we want to carry on creating that legacy for our families, for the people that, you know, that we end up leaving behind and, and all that sort of stuff. But here's the thing, and I'm not quite sure how this is going to go, and we'll talk about this, you know, maybe 15, 20 years from now when I have decided to sort of hang up the uh, the career cape and, and travel around the world with my beautiful wife in my retirement. But here's the thing. I want to see my legacy when I'm still around. Does that make sense? Like. Yeah. I don't want to have to pass to create that legacy. Like I'm pretty sure one of the, one of the guys that really influenced me growing up was Zig Ziglar, which is so strange for a guy from London and England to be attracted to this American Southern guy. Now you have to give me that, the impression. (laughs) The, The Zig, well, because, you know, Zig was like, you couldn't help but love the guy. Like for me, you couldn't help but love Zig Ziglar. What he what he said and the way he said it. And the one quote that always gets me, and I'll do the impression just as you've asked, you. was, you know, you're going to have anything in life that you want just as long as you help many other people get what they want. That's compelling. That's profound. Yeah. And so, you know, when I think about that, when Zig was in his last, you know, on his last legs before he finally passed away, he was a abundantly clear of his legacy he felt it he saw it every day through his family through his colleagues through his you know the people that he would speak in front of and as he started to wind down uh, and unfortunately you know the poor health got the best of him um i i believe he was abundantly clear just how much of a, a stamp he was leaving on the world i want that as well i want that as well i don't want to have to go to create the legacy. I want to be able to see it and pass it on. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. So that was what, deep. We went deep there for a while. We did go deep to finish off the episode <laughs> here, which I think is good because I want people to f- continue thinking about this as we... It's as, important. Go it's ahead. important. It's, it's important. It's important to me that my, my you know, customers, my subscribers, my followers think about this stuff as well. Um, and I think that it... it, it Look, if you're the right kind of person, this should mean more to you than anything. And I know like when you and I talk and you talk about your kids and and what you want to do with, with, you know, kid entrepreneurs in the coming years and all that kind of stuff, like we've had very intimate conversations, you and I, which I'm not going to repeat now, but I mean, 
I know what kind of legacy you're going to leave behind. I'm pretty sure you know what I'm going to leave behind. And so, you know, I, this is important stuff. I think every entrepreneur, I don't care if you're tuning in right now, if you're 21 or whether you're 61, you need to get serious about this stuff because this is the, this is the reason why I get up every morning. It's, it's exactly, it's every single page inside this book. It's every single minute I spend on stage and every month that I spend putting together live events to bring people together to help people, you know, achieve great things. That's that's what I want to be known for. And uh, it's darn important to me. It really is. Yeah, man. And I've often heard you say, you know, your brand is what people say about you when you're not there. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. your legacy is what people say about you when you're no longer living. Hmm. Totally. So how are you creating a brand for yourself so that you can continue to make an impact after, even after you're gone? Yeah, I mean, you know, that that comes down to what you do when you're here. Right. The people that you touch, the things you leave behind. I mean, I didn't need to write Rise of the Youpreneur. I didn't need to do it. My business is growing just fine without a book. But I wrote this book and I wrote it fast. I didn't mess around with it, as you well know. And I, the time was to get it out now. This is where it's happening. This is the call to action. It's time to rise up, my fellow youpreneurs. And so, you know, I, I, I don't think this is going to be the last book that I write. But I do think that it could potentially be the last sort of how-to business manual that I write. I think this is it. I, and now that's not to say that I won't come out with an extended edition or an expanded edition or an updated edition at some point. That's on the cards already. You know what I mean? We're a mm -hmm. day in and I'm already, you know, thinking about what I want to do two, three years from now with it. But I do believe that I, I, you know, I've got ideas for other books, but I think this is going to be the last kind of business manual that I write potentially, because I do feel like this is going to be my life's work. I remember when you said to me, what do you want for you? And I said, I want this to be the thing that I do for the next 10 years. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It could be 15 years. It could be 20 years, but I do believe this is going to end up being my life's work. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine it being remembered and talked about and on people's shelves, such as how to win friends and influence people. <sighs> I'd love that. Wouldn't that be good? You know what I mean? That'd be good. Yeah. So, hey, really quick before you go, how did you write it so fast? Because it really kind of <laughs> blew my mind how quickly you got this done. Um, obviously, you've talked about the motivation behind it. I'm sure that was part of it. But what, like, how did you make time for this? Man, um, it's priorities, right? That's really what it comes down to. I uh, I knew that. Excuse me. I, I, I knew that we had the Youpreneur Summit coming up in November 2017. And I knew that was happening in December 2016 because that was when we launched private tickets to our Youpreneur community members first. And I think we sold, I don't know, 50, 60 tickets pretty much straight away. The target was 200 people at the first event. We ended up getting over 350, which I was really excited about. 37 countries were represented at that event. Just insane. But as, as the months went by, and I think what it was actually, I was in the United States beginning of last year. You and I were hanging out in San Diego. We were talking about it. We were having a juice or a shake or something, and we were talking about what your next book was going to be as well. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to work on it. And I really did. That was the thing. Like I, I, I did something this time around that I didn't know was going to work because with virtual freedom, I typed out every single word. And with Rise of the Youpreneur, I did it in a slightly different format. Um, I worked with an editor who did a, a couple of things, like he interviewed me for about 12 or 13 hours. We had all of that conversation, all of those conversations transcribed. They came back to me. I chucked out a load of stuff. He put in a few extra bits and pieces that he wanted me to elaborate on. We X'd more stuff and so on and so on and so on. And I think probably within within about – eight weeks or so, we had the manuscript. So the book was kind of ready by June, July last year. It was basically done bar, you know, 
kind of the intro, the conclusion, uh, who was going to do, you know, the foreword, if there was going to be a foreword, um, you know, that sort of type of thing. And we, I, I think we ended up cutting out maybe another 15,000 or so words, uh, which I'll probably end up putting back in for the audio edition. But I mean, mm. you know, it, it was a very quick process to write a book. And if I was to write uh, another business book like this, which I really don't think I will do, but if I was, I would go the same way. And I think I, I now advise all of my clients and my students to follow that model. Work with an editor. They'll pull this stuff out of you that you don't even know exists. I started telling stories about when I went to Disneyland and when I went to Krispy Kreme and all this sort of stuff as, as you know, ideas and concepts and ex exercises and everything. And I probably wouldn't have come up with a lot of that stuff if I, if I was physically sitting there typing away at a keyboard, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that was how we really wrote, I wrote the book very, very quickly because I, I brought somebody on board to help me do it plain and simple. Thanks, man. I really love that. Um, yeah, I, I really love that strategy. Uh, congrats, man, on, again on the book and having it come out Tell everybody where they can get it right now. Well, Amazon. <laughs> surprise, surprise, right? Uh, you can go to Amazon and just search for Rise of the Youpreneur or just search my name. It'll pop up. Um, or you can go to rise, uh, riseoftheupreneur.com and uh, we're throwing some, uh, some pretty cool bonuses for anybody that purchases in the next sort of 10 days or so. So uh, go check it out. Send us your receipts and I'll send you lots of free stuff. Sweet, man. Dude, I'm super stoked for... Just uh, continuing to witness all of your success and all these great things that you're doing. And I'm just so thankful that, and a lot of you know this already, Chris and I chat nearly every week catching up. A lot of it is personal, family-related chat, but oftentimes it's very serious business chat too. I mean, we get very serious at times. And um, I wouldn't be where I am today without Chris. And I hope uh, that I've been able to help you uh, and provide value to you and your business too, Chris, along the way. Totally, brother. You know, I appreciate you more than anyone else in, in my business circles. And, uh, you know, you're right. I mean, we talk all the time. And actually, quite funny is that Pat and I were trying to catch up for like a proper business conversation uh, for like three months. <laughs> but we were still texting all the time on personal stuff. And eventually, we ended up doing it. And we had one of those very deep deep conversations you know but no it's it's a pleasure to be back on the show in front of your your tribe i know that they uh you know they they appreciate you and love you just as much as i do yeah well they dig you too chris and thank you again for coming on check it out rise of the youpreneur on amazon right now and uh again chris thanks for your time bro we appreciate you all the time you got it right back at you all right i hope you enjoyed that interview with chris ducker one of my best friends from youpreneur.com and also chrisducker.com and uh, make sure you sign up for a summit. If you're ever in Europe and want to, or want to go to Europe, it was a great excuse for me to go to Europe for the first time. Uh, a fantastically run event. All of his events have been amazing. I went to one that he threw in the Philippines called Tropical Think Tank, which he will no longer be running. But now it's uh, London Think Tank or London Fog Tank. But really, it's called Youpreneur Summit. And it's fantastic and um, definitely needed in Europe for sure, those kinds of things. But also, check out Chris's book, Rise of the Youpreneur. I remember at his conference, he actually just gave away copies, early copies to all of his attendees, which was really cool. And I have a version of it in my house and uh, it was signed by Chris. It's awesome. So proud of him for getting it done so quickly. And it's just an amazing piece uh, of work that I feel is going to be a really, really big game changer for those who get their hands on it. Uh, so make sure to check it out. You can check it out on Amazon uh, and also through the show notes. If you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 306, you'll get access to the show notes, the link to Chris's book, and all that good stuff. So again, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 306. Chris, I appreciate you, bro. Thank you for coming on, and I know everybody else thanks you too. And uh, one more time, check out his book, Rise of the Youpreneur, on Amazon right now. You can go and check it out. So uh, by the way, if you haven't yet subscribed to the show, please do that because we've got some great stuff coming up for you and uh, again, check out my YouTube channel if you haven't already either. It should be in full swing by now. And you can check that out at smartpassiveincome.com slash YouTube. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Remember, my name is Pat Flynn, here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. Cheers and all the best. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com.
So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point. So I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it. 